Hold on. Go. Okay, so this is going to be, is this on? No, that's okay. Hello? Hello? There you go. Yeah. Okay, this is going to be an extended session to the very last one of Enemies Exposed. Um, and if you look at the topic, Enemies Exposed, what does that look like? So I think I went into a little bit of what I felt like it looked that there was a people, we as people can come under what can be called the distortion of truth. That's what I found to be the biggest deception that I ever came under in the church. Because being raised in a pastor's home, being raised knowing God, being raised taught Jesus at a very young age, what happened was everything that I learned and I taught went through some sort of a filter. So what I've come to find out doing this type of ministry is that there's not just people that are outside of the church that are bound. Sometimes people in the church are more bound than people on the outside of the church. I've come to find that some people are more free who are on the outside of the church. They're more free in how they live and how they think. I found this, I've honestly in my own life was more bound by being under the church in my past because I was bound by a false love that was to me the only love that was supposedly real. And so the way that I saw the only love that was supposedly real, my creator, the one that purchased me, gave up his son for me, was the one that I fully couldn't comprehend that type of love because of everything that I had seen in my life. And so when scripture was used or I was taught stuff in church, everything went through a twisted mindset of the God that I was taught about. Does it mean that scripture isn't truth or does it mean that how we receive it is actually becomes a result in a reality in our life? And for me, that's what it was. So it was like it wasn't that what I was being taught was not true. It was that it was filtered from something. And because I wasn't seeing a display of love in my life or what I thought would be a display of love, then I saw God to be somebody who he wasn't. And I found that honestly through my entire life, I've had to fight that. I've had to fight the way that I see God. Because everything that you encounter in your life will go back to who he is. Everything. It doesn't matter what it is. It could be that your, your life is, is nice and roses, so you do believe that God loves you, but then when you have a loss or something doesn't go well, you all of a sudden think God looks at you differently. And so what is it in our minds that we go to that place? And I found out that what it comes to me is that it seems that a lot of people are bound by the things that you're taught in church. Like, I found that I, I, I got what I felt like was heavily indoctrinated at a young age and got bound by it. Now, when I say indoctrinated, that just means came under heavy teaching. That's all it means. It could be bad. It could be good. Somebody in a cult gets indoctrinated by the teaching of a Luciferian doctrine. So everybody comes under a type of an indoctrination in your life. doesn't matter what it is. It could be what you're taught by your parents. It could be what you're taught in church. And so everybody gets a type of what you would say, we all get indoctrinated. Meaning we all get these mindsets and thought processes that, that will come from who teaches you. Who is in a place of authority over you and how you then receive it. And what I've come to, come to find out is that because I didn't see power and because I didn't see powerful moves of God in my life at a young age, then I, everything that I did see was a result of him. And yet I never saw him. It was almost as if he was covered in the circumstances of my life, represented this God. Almost that I would say it built it up to be like an idolatry, like a false God of who I saw him to be because I was taught that God chose me, he purchased me, he gave his son for me, he loves me. Then everything else that I saw created a false God. In some ways, I think that when I thought I was worshiping God, I wasn't worshiping God, I was worshiping a thief. Like, I don't, it, how did I get into church and worship a God that I believe stole from me and stole my mom and stole my sister, that he gave me mental diagnosis? I believe that when I had been diagnosed bipolar, that that's how he identified me. That's just, the, that's just what happens to you. Some people get schizophrenia, some people just do just fine. Other people get this. They get addiction. That's a hair. They're, they're, they inherit it. So wouldn't that seem, I mean, man, that's a pretty twisted God. He created that people, they just get this. They just get that. They just get that. Oh, what we accept in science, <laughs> you know, what we accept in a, in a diagnosis. Because when you go in and you get diagnosed something, you accept it to be truth in your identity. How can you see a true, pure God through that? Is that, I mean, come on, this is reasonable. What I'm saying is extremely reasonable to anybody who thinks about this stuff. The problem is, the church, we don't think these things through. 
we just walk around, we go, okay, I accept that, yep, I was diagnosed this, or yes, I battle drug addiction, my child has drug addiction, or this doesn't work over here, but I can go in on Sunday and stand before God who I can worship and believe he loves me, but I'm accepting this over there. It seems a little off to me. How do you accept this over there and are able to believe he loves you? Where are eyes? There's something that's not seen. So when my mom starts hearing voices as a pastor's wife who is completely sane, completely sane, oh, she probably has schizophrenia. She never got fully diagnosed anything. She was never diagnosed. The autopsy, they still don't know whether it was a brain tumor or whatever. Then um, she goes and chooses to take my dad's gun and shoot herself on Valentine's Day. Such an out-of-the-ordinary woman who was in love with her husband. The action is not normal or human. Oh, it was the will of God. This is just the story of your life and her life. That you, there's a bigger picture for you, Sarah. Why didn't nobody, why did nobody try to say no? How can you say that God loves me if that was the design? There's a twist in our minds that we don't, we don't go deeper. We don't try to figure these things out. We accept it. So I feel good that I sit in my rows on Sunday, and I feel good about myself going through the week, and I hear, hear this message, but when everything else around me doesn't work, where do you go? Where do the people go? What I found is that we get bound. We get bound when things don't work out. When they don't align, because it doesn't make sense. How do you reason out a God that loves you when these things over here are not working? How do we reconcile the two? And so through the journey of like my life and coming out of what I felt that I came under such a bondage of the way that I believed God to be, that wrapped up in scripture too. I mean, just let's talk about the doctrine of Job. If anybody is familiar with that, there is a massive doctrine that's been placed on the book of Job. And that there's things that are to be acceptable in our life because God steals. And you know, I've always come in and been like, I'm not here to present a doctrine. You've been so afraid of touching these things, but I'm going to touch them because they're real. And there's people that live like this, and we believe these things are okay. Because if we remove that, then all of a sudden, God doesn't have control. And all of a sudden, what? The devil has control. And that messes you up too. Either side messes you up. Where does the human mind go? How do we really reason these things out? Has ever, anybody ever thought this hard? Or am I the only one that tries to layer the brain? <laughs> I had to. I had to figure out how did I get so bound by what I was taught in Scripture? How do I see so many people bound when something doesn't work out for them, they feel betrayed or offended by God, even if they don't want to admit it. Deep down, it's there. Oh, it's in your core. I promise you. There's a lot of people that are offended and hurt by God and feel different. Feel they aren't valued. Feel they aren't seen. But because they know, they still know he's the only one that they can run to. Because at some point in their life, he gave them a, a glimpse of hope that nothing else could ever give them again. That's what keeps them coming back to the Father. But what I believe is there's, there's, there's something that is binding the minds and the eyes of people that aren't getting free even when they go into a church setting. There's still something that's not getting delivered with power. There's still something that's not encountering the mind that's reasoned out the life that's made this God the God that they believe him to be. That I believe God told me a couple years ago, you didn't worship me at that age. You were actually worshiping the devil because those were characteristics of the devil. That's not my character. You worshiped a God that you believe thieved from you so you would be a testimony. That's what I believed. It made my story okay. If my mom and my sister died, then it's because I'm a testimony. That's what I am. I accepted it. That was God's plan for my life. I reasoned out his character. That's how I could accept love from him. How can I see a father that way? Would I even believe my worldly father would steal my mom and my sister? No way. My dad loves me, but I could see him, the one that created me, could do it. I'm, I don't understand how we can think of him like that. That's the way I've seen in my whole life, and scripture to me proved it. Look at Job. He stole from Job. You ever take a scripture and indoctrinate yourself? 
and believe something that you've wrapped up because there was never power that came in to give you wisdom of scripture? That's what I see that lacks. I see that there's scripture that gets taken in that we define and box in. And even though it's so full of knowledge, it lacks power. That there's deeper revelation than we can even imagine on scripture than one layer that you got into with the context and the original language and your commentary. Some people, they want to study, study, study and believe that they understand this and have knowledge into something. But what they have knowledge into lacks power. How do you speak on something that you don't display? And so I felt like God was saying, like, I'm love. I'm love. But how do we see love? How do we experience love? If we box in people as a display of love, as God's love, you're going to be messed up. You're going to be abused. That's not going to work. What is his love? Is his power manifest love? Is it part of his love? How do you understand or know the love of God? To know him, what does that look like? And I'm like, I've come into this place where I'm like, you know, I felt I at least knew something because I knew scripture. I was raised in the church. I was raised in the church, but something didn't work when I was in the pews on Sunday. Something still didn't work when I attended Bible school and I still saw power. What was missing? Do you know the anger I carried in Bible school when I got there because they had classes called Christ the Healer? Here you have, I am hiding out from a man who was stalking me, trying to kill me, ruin my life, leaving. I mean, to think you could see God correctly is just a joke. I couldn't see God correctly in any way because of my life. Here I go to a school, and they have a class called Christ the Healer. I couldn't attend the class. I was so angry sitting in that class, feeling that these people were heretics, that preaching... That Jesus wanted his will was for everyone to be healed because the Gospels, he healed everybody that came to him. So they're saying, so you know what I did? I went and got the associate pastor of the school, sat down with him, and I was not confrontational. This was out of a genuine not understanding. I had been raised my whole life about that there's just certain stuff that happens. It's just his will. It's just how it works. And I had somebody presenting a message to me that God's will was for me to be healed. Now, I do not get up and I do not preach on healing. Why? I don't have a big revelation on it. I've seen a lot of death. I don't teach on something that I don't feel is in me yet. I've experienced healing. I'll pray for healing when I'm anointed to pray for healing, when I have a gift of faith on me, but I'm not going to patty-cake a, a healing prayer if it's not on me to do, just out of religion. And so that's an area that was really, really hard for me to grasp the healing power of God. I didn't understand it. They were saying... That it is his will for everybody to be healed. I didn't get it and it made me mad because I felt these people were ignorant into pain. So are you saying I didn't pray for my sister correctly and that's why she died? Here's my point. Everything that you are taught in church, you will twist, you will take. Everybody does it by what you're presented with through your, only, your own indoctrination of scripture. So I went to this pastor and I sat, and I sat down with him. I said, I just... I want you to prove, show me this in scripture, not confrontation. I genuinely wanted to understand this. And I said, but what about Job? And that was the only thing I could, that's what I had always, he got stolen from. I don't understand how you believe that everybody, that God desires that for everyone. I didn't get it. I was so angry that I honestly skipped the majority of that class. I didn't take the test and I never read the book. I completely failed the class because I was so bothered by it. That's my first or second year at school. Second year. Here's what God does. This is how God started to mess me up. He knew I had been so heavily wounded, not just by the world, but also by church. I had been heavily wounded by how I was taught the character of God because it was boxed into what seemed like truth through Scripture. And then I had been wounded in my life. Everything then came together, and it boxed me in a pretty little package that was desperate and still pursued him, but didn't know him. So what happens is my second year, I end up in this class. I don't even remember what the name of it was, but this guy was some, and here you guys get, I'm this conservative. I did have the gift of tongues, and there was some stuff, but I was ultra conservative. I attended a Presbyterian church on the weekends to go to this school. I didn't know how to reconcile both. And if you guys know anything about the church, that is extremely conservative. 
My school was very charismatic and it bothered me. I was not used to what I was seeing at this school, so I went to my conservative church on the weekend and was able to go to the school. So what starts happening is I end up in this class where this guy's called a healing evangelist. Never heard of a healing evangelist in my life. Like, who do you think you are, prophetess and prophet? I always had an issue with people like identifying themselves. Judgment, let's talk about judgment, people. Just remove the mind when you enter into something. It doesn't matter if it's bad or if it's good, but sit and discern, not judge. There's a difference. There's one that comes from God. There's another one that comes from the soul and comes from Satan. They're two different things. The church doesn't learn that yet. I didn't learn that. I still struggle with that. Sometimes I just get annoyed by people. So I had a big problem with this. I ended up in this church and this guy, a healing evangelist. He starts randomly calling out students. And he would call them out. He would get a word of knowledge and then a healing. And I saw a girl who was a friend of mine, her kneecap growing. She had half a kneecap, had a brace on, comes up to the front. And I'm sitting in my chair that you've got to be freaking kidding me. I didn't believe it. It literally had to happen right in front of me. One of this one girl's leg grew out in front of me. And I'm not kidding you. I heard that he had never done classes like that. Now, that he was known to go out places and do it, it never had happened where they, they were in class setting and he was doing it. And I had two classes with him um, a day during that, during that year. He did it in both the classes. And I know, I know for a fact God was trying to grab me. I got slammed with having to watch stuff. Never, ever did it happen to me that year. I had such a hardened heart. There's a thing when the heart is hardened. There's a thing because it can't get penetrated. So God was like, I'm just going to slowly move in. I'm going to present myself to her that I am a God that heals and touches people. I'm going to do it right in her face. I'm not going to do it to her yet. She's not ready. Some people aren't ready for the full experience of his power yet. So they get a glimpse, they get a piece of it. He'll do something, he slowly, he slowly he tries to uncallous the church's heart, uncallous our heart, remove the hardening off of it. And then he comes in, he, he swiftly, now we have a choice, we can turn away and be more hardened, or we can turn to him. And so I start seeing all these healings happening. I start seeing this girl's kneecap growing. Then this other girl in another class, her leg grew, grew out. And, um, I, I, I'm, I think I remember when I'd write about it, I was, I, I was very angry by it. It really bothered me. Because even though he was doing it in front of me, you want to know what then I took from that? You choose other people over me. Oh, I still filtered it. Let's look at our layers of filters of how we see God and how we judge within the church. So then if I saw other people doing stuff that I also had an issue with, Sometimes it would be somebody busting up or doing something that, to me, it looked demonic and was a distraction to the God of order. You ever heard that? The God of order. We serve a God of order. How do you know his order? I'm so sorry. We serve a God of wisdom that we cannot define. That's who we serve. We like to box him in with our order. We like to box him in. Oh, but, the, but the, the gifts are to be displayed this way and happen this way and work that way. Yeah, yes, there are certain things that are said, you know. Don't pray in tongues all at the same time. If a new believer walks in, you will look crazy. Yep, you sure will look crazy. Yep, that's true. That's a true scripture. There's an awareness to some of that stuff. Wisdom, people. Like wisdom, right? But when God moves, Who's open to allow it to happen if it doesn't fit in our order? Well, the human knowledge loves to box in that order, what it should look like. So I'd be really bothered by people that were moving around me a certain way because it was a problem to me. It was a distraction. It distracted me from Jesus. Even though I was pissed off at the person getting healed over there. I don't know what Jesus I was looking for. He was right in my face. <laughs> oh man, Jesus gets in people's faces and they say that's a demon. And then when a demon's in their face, they worship it and believe that it's God. Whoa. That's the frightening thing. And I believe that this is displayed in Scripture. Because if we have something called a false prophet, then we are to, to test the spirit. First John, Amen. test the spirit of a false prophet that's going to be out in the world. Amen. If you look at false prophets, and you look at divination, you look at sorcery, you look at any of these things in the Old Testament, they are offering out of spirits, demonic spirits that came from false gods and false religions. 
Now, these false gods that were the idolatry that the Israelites came under. Now, everybody knows these stories, right? Everybody knows this. We've heard about idolatry. We've heard that the, the Israelites, they were not fully set free because they kept coming under idolatry. They kept building up false gods. Everybody's heard these stories. We don't build false gods. I don't have a gold god over there. I don't know. I don't even recognize that. Yeah, I understand false religions in Hindu and Buddhism. Yeah, that, that's a false god, but I don't do that in my own life. Why don't you go look at what you've raised up before him, above him, and looked at looked to above him? Anything you rise up above his knowledge and place above who he is is an idol so anyways you have these demonic spirits now as it as you go in and you can research this in scripture the scriptures that came on in in the in the new testament the girl that had the spirit of divination that i talked about in enemies exposed um which well i don't i want to correct that because what I, when I had said that spirit of divination, I said it was the word Puthon, that was also Python. It was not a Greek goddess. What it was is, um, it, was a, it was like a Python serpent. Now, this is mythology, Greek mythology, when I'm telling you this story. Just so I correct this, I want to make sure that I don't have this, this wrong from what I said in the, in the, other, um, the other thing, in the other video. And so it's believed that Apollo, who is a deity of a Greek god, he's one of their gods, okay? Um, came and destroyed that python. So basically, when they're calling this spirit a spirit of divination that was on the girl that was following Paul and Peter around blaspheming them, okay, that story I was telling you about, they, he calls it a spirit of divination. He's calling it a spirit that came from a false religion and a false god. This is also in the Old Testament too. Now, if you go look at false gods, you guys, if you look at what false gods are, I mean, have you ever studied and looked into the attributes of a false god. They have prophecy, truth, healing. They have all the things that are accepted today that are even in the church. So you have spirits that operated in sorcery on these things. And we so much want to just believe and box it in that this was just in scripture or this is maybe just new age or the, the whatever, the psychic down the street or the witchcraft in Africa. The stuff that's not in my day-to-day -day is definitely not in church. There isn't people operating in this stuff. <laughs> Let me just tell you. <laughs> the enemy was able to flip the exact certain powers that the Holy Spirit had. How do you know that? When Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh to get the Israelites free, okay? God says, Aaron, throw down your staff in front of Pharaoh. It's going to turn into a serpent. And then I'm going to harden his heart. And then what, is, what does Pharaoh do? So he goes, Aaron, Aaron throws it down. A miracle happens. The staff turns into a serpent. Then it says, Pharaoh went and got his sorcerers and his wise men. That word wise is wisdom. It wasn't sorcery. They were considered wise men of knowing. There's a lot of wise men around. We're wise. It's not everything you think it is. So what happens when these sorcerers and these wise men come in? They do the exact same miracle. They throw down their staff. The staff becomes a snake. Then what happens? Aaron's snake eats that snake, <laughs> which is so awesome. Jesus still had his way, but he kept going. There kept being miracles. The sorcerers displayed the same miracle. Here's my point. There's gods, false gods, false religions that supposedly scripture says, so I'm just being scriptural here. Like we're just presenting scripture, not Sarah's theory, but it is. <laughs> I believe God showed me what I've already seen, what I've already seen, but I didn't know it was in scripture. I didn't see how I could prove this. I'm like, man, I've seen a lot of false manifested power. I've seen a lot of false manifested stuff. I've seen a lot of scripture twisted. I've seen a lot of two-faced hip hypocrisy. How do we see this in scripture, God? Well, all these false, all these false gods all try to carry the same attributes, and the people turn them into the similar attributes of God because they searched after something in the soul that was present to them instead of looking for the higher one. So what happened was a false manifestation of the same thing that God offered would happen. So you had spirits on this girl, a spirit of divination, of sorcery that was a foretelling of prophecy. Be careful the prophetic words you get. So then what happens is people get scared of power because of this stuff. I'm so sorry, but power takes care of this stuff. The true power takes care of this stuff. 
Oh, I see the double-faced things with the, with the false representation of the Holy Spirit more hidden than more in your face. It's more hidden. It's more hidden. I see it more in the character of the false display of love than I see it in a false miracle, but it's both there. Because some of the attributes of Apollo, of this false god, was that he was a god of truth, of healing. So you had demonic spirits that were displaying the similar attributes that were deceiving people. If we don't realize that this is active in our church today, and that it's active in our lives today, and people that we come in contact with today, that there's false displays and there's things that are absorbed the wrong way, that there's been a hardening on the hearts, and what's interesting is God hardened Pharaoh's heart to display his power more and more and more to try to get hold of his people to believe him to be who he said he was. Sometimes God will come after you and after you and after you and after you and after you. It's your choice to choose and believe if he is who he says he is, Amen. even when it doesn't look the right way. And I believe today the problem is that sometimes we go into a setting that has boxed him in so much that we aren't realizing that there's something more active there that's actually hardening your heart and not opening the heart up to him. That when we remove that we think God's a God of a certain human order, we just gave dominance to the devil in the order of our lives and in of our church. We cannot understand God's order. I do not believe that. I believe there's things in scripture that define certain things that we can understand and comprehend, but if we don't grasp it with revelation, we're off. I've come to find out that lack of knowledge kills you and too much knowledge kills you. That when you grab hold of too much knowledge and too much understanding of something and you don't have experience and power with it, it kills you. It will cripple you and it will, it will keep you bound. There has been religious abuse that's happened to people. They come under things in Scripture. They're told to act and be a certain way because it's said in Scripture. And that's a spirit of control and manipulation and witchcraft on somebody in authority who's operating in it. Because they are operating out of control and they are wanting to take a higher power within themselves and not give it to God. And we go put it back on God. God's a God of all order. It works this way. I am the head and it, this is how it happens. We have the elders. We have this. I show it to you in Timothy. We can tell you how it was written in the epistles. This is how it works. When the heart was off, it was not in love. So how the display of his word was displayed falsely. Doesn't mean it's not true. Who am I to say what's completely true? I know that his word is truth, but I know that human error twists it. And when it's represented out of not a true love, then we are off, no matter what it is that they're walking in. 1 Corinthians 13, he says, If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of the angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and understood all God's secrets and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I would be nothing. Oh, that's my scripture to this entire message. I can end on that. You can have all of this and this and this, but you don't have love, then what do you have? Are we a church that discerns the authority and the leadership that we come over because it's boxed in pretty or because it makes sense through scripture? If the heart of the person is not fully rooted in love and complete, complete, complete laying down their life for him, you cannot trust what you come under. We can't do it as a church because you don't know what you're taking in. And too many of his children have been harmed, have been harmed by a display of religion and not a display of love. It's not a display of love. And there's been religious abuse and people don't realize that we get bound in these things. And I'm not coming in to try to say that I believe the church should be completely wrecked and done away with. I believe the church body should be discerning to who God is. That was my biggest, biggest fail, was that I lacked the discernment, but I had judgment. And my judgment overrode discernment. I couldn't discern something I didn't know. Even if I had him on the inside of me, I had me much louder. And so what is received must be received. It must be a display of love. 
It must come. Search the heart of anything you receive, anything that you come under. Know the heart from which it comes. Because that's where he is. And I believe that there's warnings of this. We've been given warnings. I believe God has warned what was going to happen as it's been 2,000 years since Jesus came and with the early church battle, do you think it's not 20,000 times worse now for us? And do we not realize how much it's more hidden now? In 2 Timothy, this is Paul writing to Timothy, as I was talking about in the last one, to the church of Ephesus, the most spiritually mature church, that he's having to go after some things because two years later, False teachers got in and stuff started happening within the church. And here's what he says. He says, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. So some of you are going, well, yeah, that's not for me. We see that all out in the world. That's everywhere. Thank right. That's everywhere. Look at all this thing. Yeah, the world's going to, to, to the pot. Whatever. So, they will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends. Be reckless. Be puffed up with pride. Love pleasure, pleasure rather than God. They will act religious. The word also meant holy. They will act godly. That word meant. Okay? They will act godly. There's people you're going to see that will act godly. They will act. They will appear. What are we discerning? He goes, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. <laughs> oh, we can appear a certain way. Scripture can appear a certain way. Things can appear a certain way. The devil can falsely manifest characteristics of God, power of God. Doesn't give him any type of authority over God. What it does is gives authority over the mind that doesn't discern that it's not God. He gains power where you lack wisdom. The devil gains power where we lack wisdom. And it's happening in the church. It's happening every day. It's happening in our mindsets. It's happening where we're going. It's happening in the hardness of the heart. I believe this message is to get people free who have come under it. Because I believe there is such a hardness that has entered into certain people that it's almost like a pharaoh. It's almost like a pharaoh. I don't have a desire to talk about that. I don't care to go after that. I want to go after what God wants to, to, to bring his people free of bondage, of the slight, slight deception that can come in, can come in any way, in any form, and very sneaky. And until we get open to maybe look at things correctly and to suggest that we serve a God that you have maybe not fully come face to face with yet, what does that look like? And if it's messy, are you okay with it? If he flips the tables, are you okay with it? Because you want to know him like that. Does the church want to know this God? Does the church want to know and believe that there's a Jesus that is actually going to show up coming down one day in human form to take his children back home? Do you really believe that? I mean, do you guys think about that stuff? I'm like, I've been thinking about this since I was a little kid. I remember, like, when I was, like, this is so weird. I was, like, four or five, and I'm pretty sure I was, like, on the toilet, maybe being potty trained. Or you're probably potty trained earlier than four or five, so that might be weird. <laughs> but I, I remember it being that young and trying to figure out eternity. And it gave me a sinking gut feeling in my stomach. And at four years old, I asked my dad, did God create the devil? And he told me, yes. And I was like, why did he create him? And he goes, well, God created Lucifer, who was a fallen, who was an angel who fell and became the devil. And I was trying to figure God out. I was like, why did he create him if he knew he was going to become the devil and do what he did? The reason of the mind. Do we think about these things? Do you realize the mindset I got at four years old? Because then I went on and thought God created all evil. Because he created something that became evil. So that everything that happened in my life, 
And then I would think about eternity. And for the rest of my life, forever and ever and ever, I had a choice between heaven and hell. The world doesn't think about these things. We want to ignore them because we want to pay attention to what's here and what's pretty and what makes our life okay. When the mind really takes and acknowledges that Jesus is coming back in form that you will see him to claim you and take you home. Who are we going to be at that day presenting ourselves before God? Are we going to be a church that is not discerning, lacking knowledge, and accepting every doctrine and everything that we're taught? Are we going to be a church that say, it's okay, God, mess my life up so I get to know you and I don't care what anybody else thinks, what anybody else puts on me, as long as I know that I know you and I'm intimate with you? I've seen too much people who are hardened through judgment because they have been messed up in defining God's character. And because they have boxed him in so well in their theology and in scripture, they've become so hardened that they get angry when there's something that manifests his power that's different. That spirit on people that we battle, we all battle, and if people understood that it comes straight from hell, that puts resistance on us to power, and it is cloaked in scripture. If we realize that when the anger and the hardness come on us to something that doesn't look like God, Where are our hearts? Where is the awareness of that hardening, that judgment, that anger that takes place in the soul when we see something that doesn't make sense to our minds and we think it's not God or it is God? And I've seen a hardness that can come on because I had it. I had the hardening. I had the anger. I had the problem with the power. I had a hard time believing that was God that did things that way. I had a hard time believing he would allow a distraction like that because I believe that was the devil. Who are we to judge? Who are we to think and know? In places like that, whether it was or whether it's not. Just the judgment that comes on us, and it's so natural. That's what I lived under. That hardening of the heart is one of the hardest places to get because it's so believed to be truth. It's so believed that it's truth. So that heart doesn't think it's hard. It's accepted something that they just believe and we just think that way is normal. That's just who God is. And when somebody comes in and messes up my theology of how I see God because I can prove it in Scripture, that hardness, that hardness, it can hurt, break you. It did not do me any good to have a hardening on my heart towards God. Didn't bring me any power to be able to prove or be able to say, no, I believe in here that Job gives suffering, so I want to accept all this suffering because I don't know what else to do with it. That didn't do me any good until I just said, God, can I believe that you do heal? If you do, can you show me? That did me better. That was just me opening my heart. And I think a lot of times we have a hard time in just opening our heart, removing some of the things that we've always thought true whether they are or whether they aren't, and opening your heart to an experience or power with God because he doesn't throw his pearls to swine. He will not move on something that will not accept him. He pursues a church that wants him. He didn't move on me when I was hardened like that. He moved in front of me. He gives opportunities to people. He throws things, opportunities. Can you see me yet? Can you see me? Are you still hardened? Are you still hardened? The opportunity to take that. Will it break down some of the hardening towards who he really is and a display of his power, maybe above understanding? Have you ever thought that you couldn't understand his power? You couldn't understand how he would display himself? And some of that hardening that people can carry whether it hits you, whether it's on you, or whether you've come under the abuse of it. Some of us have come under, there's people in our lives who have done that. There's people who have come over us, who've used religion against us, who's used scripture, has used certain things, and hit you and hit you and hit you until you're bound by condemnation, guilt, and shame. I was just afraid of going to hell. <laughs> Honestly, I was seriously just super afraid of going to hell. I'm like, I will choose God just so I don't go to hell, because I believed in heaven and hell. I didn't, I didn't choose him because I truly knew him. I chose him because I was scared of hell. I was like, I remember coming home drunk one time when I was 16 years old. And I walked in the door. And my dad, I walk in and my dad goes, do you know you're going to hell? <laughs> that was the first thing he said to me. He was so 
super bad. It was super bad. And I was like, I remember just slamming the door, getting pissed off. But I was like, yeah, I think I am going to hell. Like, if I died right now, like, I wasn't saved. I really, truly, it was like it was black or white. I was kind of scared. I'm like, sometimes that fear is something that God will chase you down with. I was like, but I was like, I was afraid of him. I was afraid of him, but I'm like, if I choose him just not to go to hell, we're good. But I didn't know him. I didn't know him. Sometimes a presentation, a just evangelism message gets somebody, you know, not wanting to go to hell. It's okay to, to pull them over, but come on. God's a God of love and a God of power. So much more than just choosing him because you think that's right. A lot of people, we just choose him because it, it just seems like that's the right way. We know that there's a higher power. We know that there has to be a God. It just seems right. It works. Do you know how many people I believe are in the church that are literally sliding under the door into heaven? Like, quick slide, and that's how I get in. <laughs> you accepted him. You accepted him because you know that this is at least the way in. At least I'm not going to hell. At least there's something. But I don't know this God. I don't know personally. I've never experienced power. I don't think, but I will pray and ask him to do stuff. And if he doesn't do it, then I have a problem with it. But at least I'm going to heaven. Lacks intimacy. Lacks really knowing this God. Lacks really knowing it. You don't want just a free ticket. We don't want just a free ticket out of here. And there's a lot of people riding a, a, a partially paid ticket. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> gonna get the, we get to heaven and God's like, oh, you, you prayed to me just these few times asking me for stuff. You went to church, you know, that made you feel like it was good. Did you ever know me? Man, I loved you. I would have just done anything for you. Did you know I died for you? Did you know you could have known me every day and I could have had you walk in my power every day? Did you know you could have had these spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus and not just the pew on Sunday? Amen. Did you know that? Oh, God, I don't want to be that person that gets to heaven and has that conversation. Wow. There's a lot of that out there. And there's a lot of people. But I was a pastor, God. I had my seeker-friendly church. I filled the pews on Sunday. Did you ever know me? Or did you do it for yourself to have control and feel good? We don't know the heart intentions of everybody in leadership. We don't. Be aware of what you come under. The church needs to be aware of what they come under. What we're at. What we're doing. Because human reason wants to box God in instead of allowing a display of his love that might be, on, might be beyond our understanding. And it's time for us to get open to that display of love that's beyond understanding, beyond human reason, beyond human just natural experience. And pursue him in that way. Not just ride a free ticket to heaven and feel good about ourselves doing a meal train on Sunday nights in a Bible study on Tuesday. <laughs> Let's get going and on. What's the point? The point is that there's more for us, all of us, to know him more. He's a God of love. And I believe that it's a season, it's a time that he, he's pushing the church. He's pushing the church, saying, are you ready? Are you ready? Oh, we've had so many churches go after revival at certain times, and why didn't revival stay? Why didn't the revival in the Jesus movement stay? Because we pushed him out. It's because we pushed him out. Anybody that knows about this stuff, you know about, people know about this. There's been types of revival and releases of the Spirit that have happened in different times, different years. Why hasn't it stayed? Is it because God doesn't want his power unleashed on the church? Or is it because the church has rejected his power? I would like to consider that it's us, not him. And maybe it's time for us to consider it, too. Why are we not seeing things that the early church saw? Is it because it's not for today? Is it because you've indoctrinated yourself to believe that? Is it because you can prove it in Scripture, or is it because you lack power in your own life, and that's how you made it okay to prove it in Scripture? How many times are we having things happen in our own life because... It makes us feel better if we can find it in Scripture because of the anger, the judgment that comes on us because we see it over there. We want to push it out of the church and say it's not okay. This isn't for today. This isn't right. These gifts aren't for today. Or is it because you've seen it abused in another place? Either way, it comes through a filter of judgment. Either way, we comes in from boxing it in and hindering things that I believe God wants to move on us in. 
And until we remove the stuff that we've been bound by and believing, and it being open to movement that doesn't make sense, then we're going to be a church that keeps rejecting what was poured out after Jesus died. And at Pentecost, they didn't look orderly. People didn't look orderly, they looked drunk. And people are like, oh, no, that was just then. It was for the outpouring of the miracles, a display of power. That was for the early church only in scripture because it was a purpose to display his power. The church today is not to do that. Why? That's just not even reasonable. We're told to bring people home to the Father and represent Jesus Christ. That is not a reasonable argument. It's not. It's not a reasonable argument. And for some of you, you've never even heard that argument. I know that argument. That's what's said about these things. It doesn't, it's not reasonable. I, I'm so glad it can be boxed into what is said. You believe in scripture. That's okay. But I believe that there's more for us. That's all I'm going to say. I believe that there's more for us. That we can be like the early church. And that we can see a display of his power like that. And we can walk like that. We can live like that. And I believe that's what God has for us today. Amen. And that it's time for our hearts to get open to that. And what does that mean? It means getting uncomfortable. Yeah. It means fear of rejection being gone. It means rejection of man not mattering. Fear of man not mattering. It means persecution, suffering, opposition. That's what comes with the power of God. Count it all joy. It's time for the church to count it all joy. It's time that we're, we're, our wine skins are thickened. And it's to be counted all joy. Because a display of his love is about to come in like a tornado. And about to wreck things and turn tables upside down. And the hardening of the hearts, that's okay, run out the back door. God's going to move and who sits in front of him and is okay with the tables being turned upside down. And people who have deceived the church are going to be exposed. People who have abused people religiously will be exposed. God is setting his children free. He's setting his children free. Yeah. That is what he's doing. It's not coming in in condemnation. He's coming in as a display of power. He wants people to be ready for it. And the generation now is to rise up and walk in and step into the things that were removed because the church didn't accept it before. There's a new generation being called in to accept this, what he's going to rain down and what he's going to release. And to not be a church that rejects it. And this is a word because people need to be open to this. If you're going to take it, you're going to run with it. Or you're going to be the church that rejects it. You're going to sit in your nice pretty little pot until you get to heaven and slide in under the door. And that's what God's releasing. The generation that gets an opportunity to take more than he's ever poured out before. Believing that you will not reject it. Go back and study the revivals that were released in, this, in different years. You go back and look at what happened at Azusa Street, at, 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 at Jesus Movement, just the stuff, the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Toronto Revival. I mean, there, there's different things that we can look at and then say, why is it still not here? Why is this power not here? Is it just because you get uncomfortable? A lot of people just get uncomfortable with it. Don't you want to hear about this topic? And that's okay. Some people are desperate, wanting more, wanting to know God like that. Wanting to see things they've never seen before. I want to see the stuff that was in the New Testament. I want to see it. It's time for the church to want to see it. Do not be conformed by this world. Don't be conformed by religion. Don't be conformed by what you see around you, but be transformed by him. Okay. The renewing of the mind unto him. Some, some minds have been renewed under religion, and because it feels like scripture, you think it's renewed, and it's not renewed under truth. It's renewed under deception of boxing in what truth is. And there's going to be a release, and I'm going to pray this out. We can keep this on film and pray this out, and then you can shut it down. Uh, I want to just pray into releasing some of this stuff on people real quick. 
Father, I thank you, God, for your presence, Lord. I thank you, Father, for your word, Lord. I say, God, in the name of Jesus, that this rain down that you want to release on your people, Father, we are an open vessel to you, God. Would you release it on the hearts of people watching, God, that have come under any type of deception, Lord, whether it's been religion, whether it's been in the church, whether it's bound them, God, to know you more, Father. And I pray that the minds are loosened right now in Jesus' name, that the hearts are softened, that they're open, Lord, to receiving you, God. That anywhere in their life where there's been a false manifestation, God, that's not been of you, Lord. That's been of something that's falsely manifested love. A higher knowledge, a higher power, whatever it is, God. Whatever's twisted your character, twisted who you are. A God of judgment and just judgment. Because... <laughs> The people that see you just as a God of judgment and not as a God of love, Father. That those minds would be delivered today, transformed today, consumed by your power, consumed by your love, God, in a way that they never have before, Lord. People who have been abused by the church and by religion who have walked away from you, because of how they saw you by what people displayed you to be. Father, that those people watching right now are set free to know you the real way and not the way that your children displayed you in a bad, false way. God, those people's minds right now, specifically watching this, that you walked away from God, you couldn't see him because of what people taught you about him and placed on your mind of who he was. That mind is set free right now in the name of Jesus and open to a love that they've never encountered before, Father. That you are setting your children free to know you, Father. That we would receive the outpouring and the raining down of you, God. We would not be bound, Father, by things that seem wrapped up wrapped up in you and it's not. That there is an exposure. I release in the name of Jesus an exposure of what's been wrapped up and not you. That you would expose it to the generations. That you would expose it to the people's minds today, God. That we would see you for who you are. Yeah. And know you, Lord. Father, I release that word right now in the name of Jesus, God, that people grab hold of it and be a heart that is open and not hardened unto you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen.